but I feel there's a journey within the studio towards something that could only be made by hand as a response to AI, as a response to CGI, as a response to everything. We're trying to keep the flame alive of making things in as much of an artisanal way as possible. And I think you feel it. Like, it's pretty easy to trick people because people are bamboozled by technology every day. But I feel like Bambi, you can feel it was made by hand and you can yeah. feel a timelessness to it. Even though it was made in 1940, I feel it doesn't look as dated as early CGI. Today I'm talking to Tom Moore. He's an animator, illustrator, filmmaker and co-founder of the award-winning animation company Cartoon Saloon. Tom, it's so lovely to meet you here on Zoom. Yes, finally, yeah. Yeah, finally. And uh, it's, it's so amazing the work that you're doing and, and uh, you're an animator and a filmmaker and you're also the co-founder of Cartoon Saloon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, many, many uh, hats I have to wear all the time. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But what amazing, amazing work that you're doing, because I see you've been five times nominated for Academy Award. You've been mm. uh, nominated for BAFTA, for Golden mm. Globes. and Even um, won a BAFTA. Oh, really? Amazing. It's nice to win. It's nice to win and not just be the bridesmaid yeah. all the time, you know. Well, I think just, just to be nominated already is, you know, for some sure. credit for, for, sure. the, yeah, for the work that you're doing. Especially, I think, for a little studio from the middle of Ireland, that's not necessarily, you know, um, in the center of the cultural conversation most of the time. But perhaps, perhaps increasingly it is, you know. But now, where did you start with this company? Um, Me and Nora and Paul are the shareholders and we uh, all went to college together in Ballyfermot College in Dublin. And at the time, I had spent my teenage years here in Kilkenny, where I grew up as a member of Young Irish Filmmakers, which was a group for teenagers to make their own films. And in the 1990s, that was quite empowering. We didn't have these amazing devices like smartphones where you could make a movie all on your own. But we joined Young Irish Filmmakers, I feel, back then for the technical know-how, learning how to use a camera and editing and We wanted to make our own films. But what I think was most important was in college and in Young Irish Filmmakers is we learned that the technology constantly changes, but working together as a team, being able to make something bigger than you could all on your own was the real skill. And so I realized that if I wanted to make some interesting projects, I would need to kind of rope in a gang of friends. And that's what I managed to do. So there was a group of us, about 10, that came down from college in Dublin back to Kilkenny, to my hometown. And the idea was to spend a couple of years making our mark by making a film and then go and get real jobs. (laughs) And then 25 years later, we're still working together. Amazing. But now in those times, so you initially, you, you did film, um, and and h- how did you do these films? Because you said the technology changed, but what was the first camera that you used for filmmaking? Oh, oh, back when we were in Young Irish Filmmakers, first yeah. we had a Bolex camera, and then we moved to digital cameras. And I mean, we used a an Amiga and a Genlock to edit. Really? Like it was really 1990s stuff. Yeah. And then, then in college, 
we still were using Amigas, but we moved to line testing and we still had a film, like a proper big 35 mil camera, but we hardly used it because by the time I graduated in 99, uh, 2000, even hand-drawn animation had moved almost entirely to virtual cameras. So what we would do is we'd animate on paper and then scan it into the computer. And then oh, in okay. the computer, we'd make the final thing. So I actually never shot any professional animation on film, actually, really? even though in Young Irish Filmmakers, I would have learned how to. Mm. But now where did the animation start then? Well, I, I, mean... only, I only joined Young Irish Filmmakers because it was the closest thing to, you know, like I had a group of friends like Ross Stewart who co-directed Wolfwalkers with me and Aidan Hart, who was one of the first, you know, he was a co-director originally on Secret of Kells when we first developed it. We were all in school together and were really into art and drawing and Young Irish Filmmakers seemed like a place that was somewhat aligned with that. But while we were in Young Irish Filmmakers, we focused very much on the art department and we even wow. set up a, a kind of an art department within Young Irish Filmmakers so that we could make our own comic book, so that we could have our own dark room, so that we could have like a kind of arty drawing, painting space within Young Irish Filmmakers. So it was always more, I was always more interested in animation and comics than anything else. And so were my little gang of pals, you know. Really? But now at that time, did did you think that this was going to be where you are now? Or did, because you said you just thought, well, you're just going to make a film and then do something else. But was there this dream to be, to have this company and do something like this? No, that came later. We kind of realized we had something special over time. You know, I think at the start, yeah, it was like a, a, a springboard to the rest of our lives. I, I'd become a father quite young and uh, didn't want to emigrate. Um, and I didn't want to work. And most of my classmates were having to go and work in video games in England. That was the main employment opportunity at that time. And myself and Paul had a little small company while we were in college, which was just a way to sort of invoice for jobs that we were doing, almost like two freelancers. And that was called Cartoon Saloon. And so Cartoon Saloon and then the Young Irish Filmmakers support of us making our first film, which was just giving us a space and a little something like the unemployment assistance, you know, something about that level to live on. So we needed to supplement that by doing little jobs. And it was the start of the Internet. And Paul and I, and it wasn't the start of the Internet, it was the start of Flash. It was the start of this next step in the internet where content was being paid for but it was a bit of a bubble so in 2000 2002 paul and i would have been getting little jobs making e-cards or designing websites and things like that and the team would spend half their time working on the film which became secret of kells and half their time working on these jobs to supplement our income but it was all just making ends meet it was all just you know getting by until we either got the finance to make our film or we had to disband and go and get jobs. And I think it was around 2005 when our first series, Kung Fu, and our first feature, Secret of Kells, were in production, that we moved out of Young Irish Filmmakers and we took our own studio space. And there was like 80 of us by then. And then I sort of felt, oh, well, this is an option. Like, I don't need to go and get a real job after this. I'm this is a this is a way to work. And I started to dream of making not just one film, but a trilogy. And I had the idea for Song of the Sea and some 
concept that there was a third film would be nice and we'd make like a trilogy. So that became really my focus for the first 20, 15, 20 years of the company was trying to create a, a, a culture and a space and a, everything that we could make our own films independently without having to go and pitch ideas and work in a bigger studio. Yeah. But now you said that uh, you work as a team and this is also something that I heard from animators that I talked to, that animation is something, I mean, filmmaking is something where you need the team, but in animation itself uh, as well, it's so important, this team, yeah. because it's, yeah. Well, you so, remember earlier I said I learned how to work with other people and young Irish filmmakers and all the technology that I mentioned back then is obsolete now. But those soft skills of working with other people, I think, are the, the skills that have helped me the most over the years. And how do you get, because you you, you talk about the ideas that you have, how do, how do you get the people that have, that understand these ideas? Because I, uh, if I, I always think is if you have the story and you have to create the story and you have to need you need people to, to do the animation and to to help with the film. How do you get them to understand what is the dream or the idea? You mean funders or staff that work with me? The staff that work oh. with you, the creative, the creative side, because I. I think you all must have you all are creative people so you all must have a an idea of something but but how do you get these ideas together wow that's a big question i mean there's some things that are just um standard for animation in that we have to storyboard and make concept art and the storyboards and the concept art are the first step in any production to communicate to the rest of the team what you're aiming for and while we were doing commercials and jobs like that to pay the bills, we learned a lot of ways to kind of um, box clever, not harder. So we would do things like make concept art that we knew was already not just inspirational, but actually could be what the final film looked like. And I think because everybody was an artist and everyone contributed to that concept art and to the story, they all felt like fellow filmmakers. So we kind of felt like we were all in it together. And perhaps one of the most difficult things in the early days was establishing how much of a hierarchy we wanted. Like to me, being a director at the beginning felt like a kind of necessary evil, you know, and somebody had to take that position, but it's quite lonely. And, um, and I've been on a journey my whole career to include everyone who works with me as a fellow filmmaker and at the same time not let it devolve into a committee of compromises, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah. it's such a balance for me. So I communicate by my preference is why it was hard to get this call set up is my preference is to sit with the crew and to work side by side with them rather than to sort of be in an office and you know dropping in that's my preferred way to work because it feels more organic and natural it has upsides and downsides and we certainly had to adapt during the pandemic which was hard but for me it's a very natural way to communicate with a mixture of drawing and talking i guess mm -hmm. in simple terms yeah but your films are all it's 2d animation that mm. you do mostly mm. Hand-drawn. I prefer the term hand-drawn. Hand 2D yeah. seems like less than 3D, whereas with hand-drawn, you can imagine we can move things in 3D space if we choose to. Um, but it's just the, the difference is it's majority drawn by hand, frame by frame is the difference, I think. And it's, it's I mean, it's look, uh, well, it, it's got that it's a feel of um, the old uh, 
Disney movies, you know, where it was mm. all hand drawn, and mm. now we we see all these three D and and you know these types mm. of movies, and this is so lovely that you do that because I think there's some sort of magic in this hand drawn animation that you yeah, don't I, see I, the three D. There's two reasons for me to stick with hand drawn. One is I like the process. I like to spend my time drawing and communicating with other people who are primarily drafts people are at least conversant in the language of art history rather than live action filmmaking, for example, where I feel a lot of CG animation until recently was kind of trying to emulate live action, where I was interested in playing with what can we do with this language of drawing and painting that goes back to the caves when we lived in caves. Um, so for me, I've been, I think there's been a shared uh, enthusiasm and those are the people that have wanted to come and live in the middle of Ireland in a small city with me were the ones that were enthusiastic just about spending their days drawing. And then in terms of the product, technology has increasingly made it possible to make something that looks like it was all hand drawn, even if it wasn't. Really? But I do. Yeah. When I see things like the Spider-Verse and some recent films, there's a, a movement now, which is more recent towards something that looks very like comic book style, which could be done hand-drawn or it could be done as they do with CG. So to me, it doesn't really matter. It's the pro. I remember years ago, um, Nick Park, who makes the stop motion animation in Aardman, you know, the plasticine, Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Oh yeah, Run. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was showing a test where a computer animator had emulated the look exactly, even down to putting his thumbprints as if he'd touched it. And he was like, but I want to spend my day working with clay. I don't want to yeah. make a, a simulcrum of handmade. I want to make it by hand. And so that's the ongoing motivation for us to, to find the balance. Sometimes projects are more like they look handmade, but we've used the computer a lot. But I feel there's a journey within the studio towards something that could only be made by hand as a response to AI, as a response to CGI, as a response to everything. We're trying to keep the flame alive of making things in as much of an artisanal way as possible. And I think you feel it like it's pretty easy to trick people because people are bamboozled by technology every day. But I feel like Bambi, you can feel it was made by hand and you can yeah. feel a timelessness to it, even though it was made in 1940, I feel it doesn't look as dated as early CGI. Like when I look at the first Toy Story from 1995, you can see the technology has improved and you can feel like this is an older movie. Whereas I look at the early Disney's, they kind of have the timelessness and agelessness of a, a picture book, you know, a painting. Absolutely. Yeah. So no, that's, I, that's mm -hmm. the advantage, you know, you know, in an audience way. So there's the in-house, we just want to draw. And then out of house, I think we offer something perhaps more timeless. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And this was why I wanted to talk to you, because I think this is so magic that that it's still that you still yeah. do that. And now that you say that you still believe that it's so important to do that, because I, I really think also for me, I love these uh, these animation movies and, and I do you do have, there's a different feeling when you watch these old ones, these hand-drawn ones, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely like that. I spoke to somebody who worked at Disney and he said that the difference also was that years ago you had the whole place was filled with drawings, you know, against the walls and 
And suddenly these computers now, so you don't have that feeling also when you work. So, um, and it's yeah. interesting that you say this, that, that even if you are working on the phone, you can feel the difference. I hope so. I mean, yeah. my mom always said that when I was a kid, I was an anxious kid, but when I drew, it calmed me. And so even if I spend a day in meetings, I tend to spend a day drawing my co-workers and really? so forth. Like I, I'm in Nora's office now and I, I did a portrait of her during the uh, meeting earlier. And uh, I just like to draw and I just think that it's it has a, yeah, it has a meditative aspect or a mind, a grounding you can be very grounded. Now, that said, there's beautiful work done with computers. And even in our studio, there's people who specialize mostly on creating, you know, stuff that looks like illustrations, but they do a lot of work in the computer. So I'm I'm the first generation of Cartoon Saloon, let's say, and my generation trained in hand-drawn. We're this kind of weird generation too, where we're not, I was born in 1977, so we're not quite millennials, but we're not quite Oh, like we, we kind of computers came into our lives in our teens. And so we've adapted as we went. And I see the younger generation who grew up with computers doing really beautiful work completely with the computer. So I think there's also and, and they're drawing too. you know, they're drawing on tablets, they're drawing on, yeah. on directly on the screen. And uh, I have to tip my hat and say, OK, they, they are doing beautiful work, too. But it's just me. My personal preference is to is to draw old fashioned. Well, I grew up in the 60s and there we did everything. Uh, you know, right, you, right. <laughs> you, you, we were just, I think it's a generation where we were very creative because you just have to solve problems all the time. You know, you had to to figure out things yourself. And, and I sometimes look at my children and I s sort of wish that, that they could just experience this. You know, I, I know I once... Uh, um, banned them from the computer when they were little just so that they could climb trees i just thought, yes. you know <laughs> i have a little um i have a five-year-old granddaughter mm. and uh she's um she's uh really conversant in both but i love seeing her take a line for a walk i love when she takes a piece of paper and a crayon and just starts to create there's something magical and simple and pure about that but since the age of two, she was able to open my iPad and find what she wanted on Netflix. So, I mean, she's growing up yeah. <laughs> very savvy in terms of technology. Yeah. And what kind of world will she graduate into? She needs to be, right? But yeah. uh, I like to try and fill her days when I have her and I get to babysit her sometimes. I like to spend that time with very real world tactile experiences because I think it's really precious. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, I agree with you. But now for Cartoon Saloon, I mean, you've with all these these wonderful credits that you received, um, is there now? Uh, what is the wish now for the future? Um, we've been thinking about that a lot. I I feel um like the next film that I'm developing at the moment, and I'm quite excited about, is um for me like for my journey, like Cartoon Saloon and me are we're kind of connected, but. The Cartoon Saloon is doing lots of interesting projects, but for me personally, I want to go further and further into hand-drawn and I want to explore deeper what it means, the Irish culture aspect of my films. I want to look out into the world a bit and see where Irish people connect it with other cultures and explore 
like a lot of what I did was I took Irish art and tried to use that as an inspiration for the Irish folklore films that I directed or co-directed. And now I'm looking at like there's a long standing friendship for over 150 years between the Irish and the Choctaw and the Mohawk people of North mm-hmm. America because they sent a gift to Ireland during the famine they saw what was happening to us was similar to what happened to them and they sent money and and it just meant a lot they sent blankets and it just meant a lot that another kind of people could see what was happening for us and so I'm crafting a story about that time period in the 1840s when the Irish and the Native Americans would have first formally or in any serious way met and then the friendship and the commonality and I'm having a lot of fun learning, working with Native American people, learning about Native American culture and spirituality, finding the commonalities between. And for me, that sort of keeps me interested because I feel like with the trilogy, I spent 20 years and I made three films very much based on Irish history and folklore. And now this is a subject matter and even an artistic style. I'm looking at a lot of traditional Indian painting and stuff and uh, learning from a a Native American artist called Waylon White Deer, who started to work with us and learning about other. So it's a really lovely way to explore my interests. And I feel there's another three movies there. There's deep connections between Ireland and Australia, bigger, big connections between Ireland and Japan. There's places that I can kind of explore and collaborate and co-produce with that um, I'd like to go to. But for the studio in general, I feel like we're coming to a place of uh, a certain, we're out of that kind of, what are we? Who are we? What do we do? And we're getting more sure of who we are. And we're trying to develop a slate that feels cohesive and consistent and, and makes sense with everything we've done before, but is going in new directions. So Nora has her own ideas of projects she would like to explore. Paul is exploring very different universes, but still within the hand-drawn style. And then we have some talented directors coming up within the studio who we're excited to see the work that they do. So I think the next 15, 20 years will be exciting as well. But how amazing that you can use animation now to do this, you know, to connect almost these different cultures. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, and it's fascinating because we we built a platform for ourselves and now people are interested to see other things from us, which is lovely. It just keeps, it's like a snowball that keeps kind of growing. And the other side of the studio, which we never looked at before, but now we're of a size that it feels we can. So we're thinking about, other stuff like a visitor center here in Kilkenny that's a real workshop going back to a place where kids can learn to draw can experiment with animation but in a hand-drawn traditional sense where they maybe put their phone down and spend their time interacting in the in the physical world more and then we also want to use the phones and have like artificial or augmented reality experiences where they can explore Kilkenny or wherever and through their phones they can see with our they can learn with our characters about nature they can learn about history and to try and use our kind of characters and our animation skills to kind of maybe push out of the studio into the world a bit more is something I'm excited about so just around the town already there's murals painted a lot of murals painted based on our characters and if you hold your phone up to a certain part, it plays an animation. So wow. that, that kind of stuff is yeah. exciting for me. Yeah. I always get so excited when I hear some projects where children are involved and where children can get this exposure 
to art and and now you're saying giving them the opportunity to come into this world of animation and and seeing that because I think it's so important that like you say that children start doing it for real you know that it's that it's shown you know taking the pencil and drawing the line themselves that's yeah very very important yeah and there's something about outreach there's something about reaching out of the studio now it feels like we want to connect with our audience in that way too and and find audiences that way too and animation is it's also a long process the the film to make a film is a long process and this is also Something that I think in this world where everything is so instant, that it's so also an important fact for children to realize that you've been working very long on this project, very long in this studio and, and, you know, to create what you, what you want. I think that patience and that discipline is something that draws a certain type of personality to animation. Um, It is interesting. And the other thing, I suppose, is that a lot of the time when I talk to kids, sometimes they weren't born. I, 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 They weren't born sometimes when I had the idea for the film that they're watching or we work with young really? actors. Yeah, often we often work with young actors who must have been babies when we had the idea. And by the time we're ready to record the voices, they're just the right age, you know, <laughs> crazy amazing. to me. It's amazing yeah. to me. It's amazing <laughs> to me. And the time just, it's a different time. And it's years since I spent my days animating. I still draw a lot, but I haven't spent my day animating. But what I loved about it was, especially animating on paper, it was a very meditative process. And it was something, I think, close to mindfulness that was really special about it that I love to share that excitement with kids that how exciting it is to spend your time doing that but then at the end you have something really interesting that is you know more than a drawing it's alive you know but I want to ask you now something because uh, uh, I spoke to a composer once who's who still his first uh, composition was handwritten he didn't use any um, software and he said that what always what he always found magic was um, when the orchestra played the music and he heard it for the first time. And you know, it's like from the paper to the to the orchestra, that feeling and that almost it's it's better than he expected it. Is that something that you get in uh, uh, oh, in the animation films as well? That's a great example. I work with a composer a lot, Bruno Coulet, who wrote the music for all the films I directed or co-directed. And he um, often will be changing the score up in the kind of engineering room and then go down to the orchestra and give them the sheets. And then it, all these people come together and play this really amazing music that was just in his head moments before. And I'm often jealous of how quick, like sometimes in a week, we record the entire score after spending, you know, five years making the visuals, <laughs> but they bring 50% of the experience. And it's something I love about animation too, is that it's not just about drawing, it's about music, it's about acting. There's a lot of editing, there's yeah. a filmmaking aspect to it. And I love that. But yeah, I think that there's no doubt that I got addicted early on to the fact that by working with a team, I can make something better than I could make on my own. And it's pretty exciting to have an idea or a rough idea and then see the team take it and plus it and make it better and better at each step. And you end up with something. I'm really lucky in a way. I'm still a bit of a 
kid a bit of a fan so i get excited when i see it all colored and moving and i'm like oh we made a, car- a real cartoon it's like a real cartoon <laughs> so you get it thrilled when you see the film i mean there must be a point where you see the film for the first time the whole film is that usually very- by usually by then you're absolutely exhausted because we make oh, the movie okay. over and over again so what happens to me is I try to take it out like we make it all really rough in storyboards and my wife teaches like eight year old kids and I try to show that that stage and that's exciting because I see their reaction and I know it's only going to get better and maybe some and then we work and work and we might show it again but then there's this long period where you've seen the movie every day for months because you're working on the grading and you're working on the the color grade and you're working on the sound and you're working on you know, the final editing and you've kind of gotten tired of the movie and then you show it to an audience and then you're more watching the audience than the movie because you're like, wow, look at them. Look at this is what it was all for, you know, and then usually it's like years later, (laughs) you know, and I will just happen to come across one of my movies at a festival or something and I find myself sitting in the audience and that's when I go, wow, look what we did. That's crazy. So lost in it, I can't appreciate it until years later. Each step is thrilling for me. Like when we see the first scenes animated, that's exciting. When we see the first character designs, that's exciting. When we when we see the first uh, recordings of the actors and someone does a lip sync and we say, oh, look, there's the character talking with the actor. Each step is a thrill, I will admit. Yeah. And the humor as well in the in these films. Do you sometimes, uh, when you develop these characters and and the humoristic things, do you do you uh, get yourself where you say, let's let him do this or let's let him do that, because you're so in control of of how you develop this character. Yeah, and then it's nice the way characters take on a life of their own, and find and sometimes finding the voice, like on Wolfwalkers, the little girl uh, was so talented. Eva Whitaker, and she brought so much of herself to it that that made the character, it made uh, us go yeah. back and reimagine yeah. the character. So it's a bit back and forward. So the worst thing about humor is anything that's funny is not funny by the because <laughs> you've done it so many times, you know. But you just have to kind of remember that first moment. And then sometimes if the audience reacts well, then it's, then it's good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Tom, this was so lovely to talk yeah, to you. I absolutely, I love the idea um, from the first time I heard of it. And and the more I know what you're doing, it's it's amazing. And congratulations with this great work and for, for doing hand-drawn animation. I love that. <laughs> Thanks, Petra. I really enjoyed chatting to you. And have a, a much success with your next films. And... Um, and also congratulations for this wonderful idea of working with children. I think this is so important. Thank you so much. And best of luck with the rest of the series. See you. Thank you. Bye.